This is the Make Dementia Your Bitch podcast, where I explain how caregivers can lovingly respond to confusing or challenging behaviors and reconnect with family members living with dementia. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes and is no substitute for medical advice or care. Hello, friend, and I hope you are doing well today. This is episode 61. Oh, nope, just kidding. It's episode 62. And I'm going to talk about a variation of Alzheimer's. It's a long word called logopenic primary progressive aphasia. It won't be that bad. I know that the title of the podcast is intimidating. I think you'll enjoy it. In episode 55, which was called Frontotemporal Dementia and Speech Problems, I introduced something known as primary progressive aphasias. Primary because the speech problem happens first in the disease, not the memory problems, but speech. Progressive because the speech problems get worse over time. Aphasia is a medical word for difficulty speaking. Primary progressive aphasias, including this one, affect 200,000 people in the United States and are considered rare. If it's your family member that's dealing with this, there is nothing rare about that disease. PPAs are associated with dementia. Instead of memory problems happening first, speech problems happen first. Memory problems happen later. It is the speech problem that gets people to come to a neurology practice where the specific speech problem is then identified. In episode 55, I described two types of PPAs that can happen in people with frontotemporal dementia, non-fluent variant PPA and semantic variant PPA. Today, I want to talk about a third type that is usually seen in people who have Alzheimer's disease, logopenic primary progressive aphasia. Logopenic comes from the Greek and it means lack of words. Logopenic PPA is considered a variation of Alzheimer's disease. At least it is today. Who knows what we'll find out next week. In the beginning of logopenic PPA, you will hear hesitation in speech as the person searches for the word and eventually finds it. The speech then becomes more sprinkled with pauses because it takes longer to find the word. In between the pauses, the person can speak fluidly until they have trouble finding the next word. People living with logopenic PPA have problems repeating long sentences or a series of numbers. This is because they begin to experience a type of short-term memory loss around what they hear. They have no problems repeating individual words. They also have trouble understanding lengthy and complex sentences. These individuals will also have difficulty with calculations 
such as adding figures or making change. They may have trouble copying cubes or circles, the figures that they may be asked to copy in a neurologist's office. When you listen to the speech of a person living with logopenic PPA, you will notice that they use grammar correctly and their speech has a normal melody known as prosody. Prosody refers to the ups and downs in our speech so that we don't sound like monotone mechanical robots. I just gave you an example of no prosody, very flat, monotone speech. As you listen to my podcast, you can hear my speech prosody. If I had a very monotone prosody, my podcast would sound like this, and you would all be bored to tears. People with logopenic PPA may show more anxiety and shadowing behavior toward their primary caregiver. I've noticed that many caregivers become very good at listening to their loved one and figuring out what they are trying to say. In many situations, finishing the sentence for them or guessing which word they're having trouble with. This may be why the person living with logopenic PPA always wants to be near their caregiver. As the logopenic primary progressive aphasia gets worse, the person may have difficulty talking at all because they can no longer remember the words. They may also start to have memory problems and have difficulty paying bills and organizing tax records, what is called higher executive functions. They may also have problems with judging the space between objects, causing them to bump into a chair or table as they walk across a room. Problems with judging space can also translate into problems with driving, such as turning too late into the right lane and hitting another car. They may begin to have problems using correctly using television remote controls and smartphones. There are changes in the brain that can be found using MRIs, mostly shrinkage of the place where the temporal lobes and the parietal lobes meet. So the temporal lobes are those parts of the brain underneath your temple. Your parietal lobes run across the top of your head. If you take if you put your finger on your forehead and take your finger all the way to the like top of the back of your head, on either side of your finger would live what's called the parietal lobes. And it's where the parietal lobe and the temporal lobe meet. You will see shrinkage in that area. I'm going to take a quick break and I'll talk more about this when I come back. Because logopenic PPA is currently considered a variation of Alzheimer's disease, it is important to get one's affairs in order earlier in the journey. Get wills updated, legal documents like power of attorney completed, and have discussions about who would be the healthcare proxy. Many people think that a power of attorney is the same as a healthcare proxy, 
it's not. Power of attorney involves financial and legal matters. Healthcare proxy involves medical decision-making. You can have the same person as both power of attorney and healthcare proxy, but a healthcare proxy and power of attorney are not the same document. To date, there are no treatments for logopenic primary progressive aphasia. Certain things can make it temporarily worse, such as stressful situations, lack of sleep, and alcohol consumption. It is important to keep the brain as healthy as possible, which means good nutrition, frequent exercise, maintaining ideal body weight, controlling risk factors like high blood, crush, uh, high blood pressure and keeping healthy cholesterol levels, having good quality sleep, and participating in positive social interactions. Sometimes, family members try to help the person living with logopenic PPA by finishing their sentences or offering the word. It is better to give the person time and space to find their words and to encourage them when they feel frustrated. Speech therapy may also be helpful. Some of you may be thinking, how is logopenic PPA different from Alzheimer's dementia, which also has speech problems? In Alzheimer's dementia, the speech problems come much later in the disease. Speech problems do not happen first. Memory problems show up first. In logopenic primary progressive aphasia, speech problems happen first, then memory problems. The rate of decline can also vary, with some people having years of speech problems before seeing memory problems. I know this was a difficult topic to follow. If you have a question or idea for a podcast, please reach out to me. My email address is in the show notes. If you like what you are hearing, you may want to look into my book, Make Dementia Your Bitch, which has, it has some of this content, but it has the content organized in a, almost like a handbook. You've been diagnosed or your loved one's been, been diagnosed, what do you do next? And it really focuses a lot on the behaviors. I've also noticed that while the majority of my listeners are in the United States, 5% of my listeners are from Canada and 5% in Australia. So a shout out to caregivers in Canada in Australia. I am really surprised. I have an international audience. There are listeners in 38 other countries, including the UK, Germany, Israel, South Africa, Thailand, Mexico, Pakistan, Slovenia, Poland, and Kuwait. I am honored to be helping listeners in my own country and around the world, so thank you for tuning in. I also will be having another free dementia education and support webinar. They're usually the first Mondays of the month. 
If you look in the show notes, I have a link to where the schedule is. I know it's the middle of October, but it helps to plan these things. Again, thank you for listening. And together, we're going to make dementia our bitch. I hope you found this podcast helpful. Please rate and review on your favorite podcast platform so other dementia caregivers can find this podcast. If you are a caregiver for someone with dementia and need help understanding and dealing with these behaviors, please contact me. You can find me on Facebook, Make Dementia Your B, or email me, info at makedementiayourbitch.com.